Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Jew Podcast, where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism to uncover its hidden beauty. Come join us as we take a closer look and breathe new life into traditional Jewish ideas. And now, here's your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel. Hello, and welcome back to the Thinking Jew Podcast. We're currently in the middle of the month of Elul, only a few weeks away from the High Holidays. Elul and the High Holidays are a fantastic time for reflection. Think about who we are, what we've done, and who we really want to be. We often find ourselves standing there on Rosh Hashanah, on the Jewish New Year, at the beginning of the High Holidays, telling God, please, Hashem, give us a good year, give our families a good year, help us be healthy and wealthy, And, you know, if you do that for me this year, I'll be really good. I'll help a lot of people and do a lot of good for the world. And I know I might have said that last year, God, and didn't really do it, but this year, I really mean it. Even though we probably said that last year also. Somehow we find ourselves here again in the same spot year after year, not quite living up to our end of the deal, but still looking to God to cut that same deal just one more time. So how do we break this cycle? What can we do to really make this Rosh Hashanah be different? There's a fascinating concept in the name of the Jewish New Year. Like we mentioned, the New Year is called Rosh Hashanah. And on a basic level, what that word means is Rosh means head or beginning, and Shana means year. So it's the beginning of the year. But the word Shana is actually related to two other meanings as well. The word Shana is connected to the word Shinui, which means to change. And the word Shana also is connected to the word Shani, which means to repeat. And maybe this is really part of the deeper message behind the name of Rosh Hashanah. Is this year going to be the beginning of change, of Shinui? Or is it going to be a repeat of all of the same things we've done until now? So the question I want to discuss today is what can we do to make this year's Rosh Hashanah, this year's High Holidays, be the beginning of change and not just finding ourselves in the same place year after year, wanting to change, wanting to exercise more, wanting to get more involved in our Judaism, wanting to develop a deeper connection to God, but then finding ourselves still in that same spot again the next year. What can we do about that? So there's a general concept in Jewish thought that the spirituality of Torah is not primarily meditational or mental or even internal. Rather, a mitzvah is generally a purely physical action but it contains within it tremendous spiritual power. Now, we know there's a lot of different types of mitzvahs in the world. There are some mitzvahs that I like to compare to spiritual oxygen. Just like oxygen, you need to be breathing constantly. There are certain mitzvahs that we need to be doing on a constant basis to sustain our spiritual selves. Keeping kosher, prayer, making blessings, being kind to our fellow people, respecting our parents. These are mitzvahs that are constantly there because they're constantly energizing our spiritual selves. Then we have mitzvahs that we only do occasionally, like eating matzah, or sitting in a sukkah, or blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. These mitzvahs, rather than functioning as oxygen, I like to view more as like a nutritional supplement. At certain times during the year, we need to strengthen a part of our spiritual system inside us, so we need a special dose of mitzvah X to strengthen our spiritual health. So let's look at that primary mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah, the blowing of the shofar, and let's see how we can connect that action, that mitzvah, to the spiritual message of the day and how to make this Rosh Hashanah 
into a Rosh Hashanah of change, into a Rosh Hashanah of self-actualization to who we really want to be. So I want to share with you a story. It's a somewhat famous story. There's actually millions of views on the primary video on YouTube about it. But I'll repeat it because I think it really leads us to our answer. There's a columnist for the Washington Post named Gene Weingarten. And one day, Gene was walking out of the metro station in Washington, D.C., and he noticed a guy in tattered clothing playing the keyboard as hundreds of people just rushed by him on their way to work. And he noticed that this pianist was actually really good. And everyone was walking by him so quickly, paying absolutely no attention to the tremendous skill that he had. And this really bothered Gene. So Gene thought about it and decided he wants to run a social experiment. He hypothesized that people are so busy and so distracted in their own world as they rush back and forth to work, that even if you put a world-famous, amazing musician playing complex pieces there, nobody would stop and nobody would notice. So he approached Joshua Bell, one of the greatest classical violinists of our generation, and he asked him if he would partner with him in this experiment. Sure enough, Joshua agrees, and they start planning. January 12th, 2007, just before 8 in the morning, Joshua Bell, wearing jeans, a t-shirt, and a Nationals cap, parks himself and his multi-million dollar Stradivari guitar and begins playing extremely complex pieces in the subway. Over the next 45 minutes, he played six different pieces and listened to the results of this experiment. During those 45 minutes, 1,097 people walked by and of those 1,097 people, only seven stopped for more than one minute and only 27 dropped a few coins for him. Again, more than a 1,000 people, many of whom might have paid hundreds of dollars to hear the same person play the night before, but they didn't notice today. They didn't even realize they were missing out on anything, just rushing off to work, running to their next meeting. And there's a lot of follow-up discussion after this article came out, people debating, what would you have done would you have stopped and noticed this world-famous musician? Would you have just continued on in your day? And it's a great question for us to reflect on. Do, you know, do we notice what's going on around us? But there were only seven people that stopped for more than one minute. And I have no idea if any of those people were Jewish. But I know that if you look at how Judaism began, you find a very similar story. The first Jew was Abraham. Do you know how he found God? What did he do? There was no magical revelation or anything like that. Maimonides writes that Abraham was bothered by the perfect continuum of the world, how it just flows and runs so smoothly, ecosystems, sunrises, sunsets, everything is so perfect. And it bothered Abraham. How could this be possible without a creator, without someone or something conducting this tremendous beauty? After philosophizing on this concept for many years, Abraham came to the most revolutionary idea in history of a singular God. Abraham was not inherently different than anyone else alive at the time. A regular man, born with his strengths and weaknesses, into a pagan society with accepted philosophies and assumed truths. But he was the only one who stopped. The only one who noticed the amazing symphony being played around him. While everyone else was running around busy worshipping their idols just like their parents did, Abraham stopped and noticed that godly masterpiece being played around him. So to us, living in a time when there's endless outlets, endless entertainment, where the line between work and home is often blurred, it's so difficult for us to really pause 
and just think, what am I doing here? Listen to that beauty of life, that symphony going on in the background. The shofar that we blow in synagogue on Rosh Hashanah, Maimonides teaches us, is representative of a spiritual alarm clock. It reminds us, as Maimonides, to self-actualize, to think about life, to wake up out of our non-thinking, out of our just movement, out of our running through life. Pause. What do I actually want to be doing with my life? What's really meaningful to me? Am I living the greatest life that I can live? And this, I believe, is the first step of making real change, of the self-development process of Elul leading into the 10 days of repentance and the high holidays. Before we start accepting new things on ourselves and how we're going to change and all the things we want, we have to first just take a pause from the rushing through the train stations of life, from running from one place to the next and just appreciate the music. Look at the world around us. Recognize the beauty that God gives us. And then we could be like Abraham and say, I don't know what the rest of the world around me is so distracted by, but I'm going to live now. I'm going to live in the present and I'm going to focus on what's real and what's actually important for me. There's a story they say of a business professional who was sitting in his office, probably five stories up, and he looks below at two members of the city park department and he's watching them. And one of them is digging holes in the ground And then right after he finishes digging it, the next guy comes and fills it up. And this guy is sitting in his office trying to figure out, like, what in the world is going on down there? It's the most bizarre thing. One guy is just digging holes and the other guy is putting it back up. Why would they be doing this? It's so strange he decides to go downstairs and actually ask them what's going on. And the worker says, Hi, so nice to meet you. My name is Matt. And there's normally three of us here. We work together as a team. I dig the hole. Johnny plants the tree. And Paul fills the hole. But what happened today was Johnny called in sick. So me and Paul are just doing our job. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing that we just completely forget why we're doing it in the first place. We're just, we're digging because that's my job is to dig. We're filling because that's my job to fill without taking that pause and thinking, why am I digging? Why am I filling? Oh, there's no tree in this hole. Maybe something's off and I need to reevaluate. In the weekly sense, this is really Shabbos. We stop working, we put away our phones and our electronics, and we just focus on our family, our friends, our community, and God. But sometimes even that can become rote. So once a year on Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar, reminding ourselves to slow down, to take a breath. Be like Abraham. Notice the world around you. Recognize the beauty, the symphony that God's playing for us. And use that moment to reconnect and recommit to God. In the merit of us slowing down, taking that pause, and just thinking about what's really important to us, may God bless everyone with a happy, healthy, sweet new year. Until next time, have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Jew podcast and for taking the time to study Torah and deepen your connection to Judaism. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topic requests for Rabbi Moshe, please email thethinkingjewpodcast at gmail.com or visit thethinkingjew.com.